0: Connors T, this is Sirica jumping in quickly with a couple of quick announcements. We are running our very first retreat in collaboration with House of Legends and some other wonderful storytellers and musicians and creative people. This is going to be running from the 10th to the 13th of August 2023 in the wilds of High Hilled Albion, today known as Scotland. Uh, there are very few places still left available, so you can follow the link in the show notes to grab yourself a spot. We have a live show coming up in Whelan's Dublin on Sunday the 20th of August. You can find tickets on our website through the link in the show notes and if you are listening to this in the future after that date you can still follow that link to find out what shows are currently coming up. Hope to see you there and now back to the regular podcast. Honesty,
1: how are ye? Welcome to a very special edition of the Tablet Tales podcast. We tell stories and we talk about them afterwards and today we are joined, my name is Aaron of course and I'm joined by my sister and very, very excitedly we are joined by Alan Titley, the author of um, The Tawn a new telling of the Thorn, and we're going to be having discussion about this writing in this book, and having Alan's input, and hey, by the way, if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash Canada Tales and give us a bit of support, that'd be great. Or if you want to check out his book, you can do that too. Now, Sorka, who are we talking to?
0: So we are talking to Alan Tidley, who is the author of this new edition of the Tawn, which is a beautifully illustrated book as well, and it is a lovely modern retelling of this ancient story. So Alan very kindly has come on the podcast to to have a little chat. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Alan.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, no, that
1: could be very brief. It could be very long. You know, Um, I I suppose very importantly, I should say, Alan, it's great to have you on board. You're an author, but also more importantly, you're from Cork. That is (laughs) that might be the most important thing. <laughs> uh, you would know. No,
2: I, yeah, I, I was uh, born at Corkill a long time ago now, uh, which probably look like, looks like that. But I was um, uh, just raised in an ordinary enough house. There were three of three children. I went to uh, Turner's Cross National School, mm-hmm. class 3, 3, Secondary School after that. And after that has happened, uh, didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, and myself and other fellow decided, well, let's be teachers, but not, not be secondary teachers. We were mm-hmm. going about to leave secondary school. So we said, let's be primary teachers and nobody knew anything about how I became a primary teacher. So we discovered and we um, applied to get a places in the teacher training college that was known at the time. So up we went to St. Patrick's College, Runconda, where I spent two very happy years, in fact, two very educational years, because there were people there from all over Ireland. And it was it was a boarding school, which we hadn't been. We had freedom of Cork City um, before that. And that was a lot of freedom, as you, as you could imagine. And uh, therefore, you were meeting people from, from Donegal, from Kerry, from Dublin from Westmead from the Midlands they were everywhere Mm -hmm. and you would spend most of the time just talking to them at night because there was nothing else much to do until we began to discover Dublin so that was an education itself and then um, instead of um, getting the intention was to go and um, uh, get a school and probably in Cork and there were several that I knew of, but one day I happened to be out playing a hurling match, and um, a friend of mine. I, I, in fact, I didn't know him that well, but we were because you, you knew everybody. But he wasn't a special friend, and he came along to me and he said uh, he was from Dublin, so he didn't say "Come here, He but <laughs> yeah. whatever the Dublin equivalent that is. So he said, um, yeah, yeah. Would, "Would you be interested in going to going to Nigeria?" So I wow. said, uh, "Yeah, why not?" And I was fortunate insofar as. My parents were always very, very open and very... freedom giving and i remember when i was in secondary school and uh, my dad used to give me a couple of quid a couple of quid went a long way and a tent and more or less say get lost go away for a couple of weeks yeah. and i travelled ireland and scotland and england just travelling around the place and this was in the 1960s okay yeah, so um yeah, yeah. so when i went home and said look i'm going to nigeria i, I do think it's kind of years later i felt they were disappointed they wanted me to come, but they wouldn't yeah. stop me doing anything <laughs> yeah. and what was even worse i suppose was that um the war was on the the war between Nigeria and Biafra, which oh, is about wow. uh, the oh, Nigerian wow. civil war. And I went to Nigeria just after it started and i left just before it finished which oh. meant i was there for two years um, and uh, i saw war i saw bombing i saw uh, soldiers going mad there were roadblocks there were there was censorship um, and uh, i saw I, I met bombers i met all kinds of people and again oh. that was another kind of education because um, certainly there were people from all over the world so having come yeah. from a place where I'd met people from all over Ireland, I now met people from all over the world. And I meant there were Russians, there were Algerians, there were French, there were British, mm-hmm. and of course there were the, the Nigerians, the Africans themselves, um, who were very, very different as far as when we talk about Nigeria, we talk about Africa, we're inclined to think of they're all the same. But no, there were Tiv and Yoruba and Igbo and Hausa yeah. mm-hmm. And, and they were and, and you could tell the difference and you would know the difference. And they were they were very different. They were they were more different than people from Cork and Kerry are, and that's different <laughs> yeah. enough. That's different and, um, and so, in that sense, it was a great education. I should say, without going too long about it, that I did write uh, an essay for an Irish language magazine while I was there. It was um, spotted by certain censors. I learned this years later. No My post was being opened. Uh, one day I was arrested. I was charged with loose talk. No way. Yes, I was. I was plonked in jail uh, for a couple of days. Um, now, I What did you go,
1: say in the letter?
2: I I, it, what I, I was speaking about the, the Biafran War and what I was basically saying was it's a bit more complicated than that but I was saying basically if you had 30,000 people massacred over a couple of weeks which I had then t- they had a fairly good reason to secede from the rest of Nigeria right. because Ooh, it was a yeah, yeah, yeah. secession said that's a reasonable b- point to make and of course Ni- Nigeria there were they wanted what they call territorial integrity, and they weren't right. going to. They didn't want any of the colonial ma- places to break up, which of course is the problem yeah. with Africa. Yeah yeah, well, yeah. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we know, so uh, that's what lines drawn
0: that, by colonizers are always. Oh, that's it, it's and not they always a, they, a problem.
2: They drew lines on the map just where General Legar and somebody else came to do a line as it was. And I, I was lucky while I was there, I did manage to travel around a lot of West Africa. I nearly got to Timbuktu mm-hmm. on my own. I traveled across the coast to, to Togo, as it was, Dahomey, as it was, uh, into Ghana, Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire, up into Mali. Wow, and nice um, I was on my way to Timbuktu. This was serious. Um, but I had to get back to the college I was teaching in and the river had dried up. So I bought a few postcards and I wrote postcards from Timbuktu and I gave them to some Americans who were going there. So there were several pals of mine in Ireland who had cards from me from Timbuktu. So, oh, wow. it. So, that, that was, so it was it was a great adventure. But the best thing was, it said, because we were teaching, we get up at seven o'clock in the morning and you finish at one o'clock. And eventually, mm-hmm. the rest of the day to yourself. Excellent. And I discovered that if you had a siesta, um, I would sleep for the rest of the day. So I decided, mm-hmm. no, I'd take no siesta. So instead, you'd read, or go for a swim, or go for a walk, or go for mm-hmm. whatever it was. So apart from I said, meeting people, I managed to read stuff. Of all kinds, so world literature, mm-hmm. if you like along the way, and I did produce plays with the with the kids in the school as well to two African plays, which was also very revealing because um they knew nothing about theater I knew very little about theater yeah. I'd been partly involved in I a few plays along the way blood, but I way. said I said to myself let's do this and I remember the crowds came along and I was afraid that they'd forget their lines but they didn't and it was we, we kind of great fun along the place like, I still have the old tattered manuscripts of, of the plays so I said and I don't think I've ever produced the play since again because <laughs> it was it was a hard lesson but when I came back um, to Ireland having been released from jail I, I, had, was... to, I had to promise oh, yes. not to return to Nigeria ever okay. Okay. I had to sign a letter mm, like, really. there was I a lot of stories about what I do, you know, which would take a long time, but it was fascinating. Came back to, to Dublin, and um, and uh, my my girlfriend at the time I'd met her before I went out, we commuting all the time, she's now my wife, Aww. and so we came back, and um so I said I'll have I try to get a job in Dublin but I visited a friend of mine in the School for the Deaf in Cabra and uh, I was talking to him and one of the brothers came along and he said I believe you're idle you've no job would you like to teach here yeah, so yeah. I taught there initially for a couple of weeks and then when the summer came he said would you like to come back so I came back and so then I did a degree at night in UCD I did Irish English and Philosophy the past degree and when that was finished um, I decided well let's go on a bit it and i had a choice between doing irish and philosophy because I, I kind of was reasonably good at both of them i did irish because i was always interested i was always good at school mm. and i um and then i decided to do a master's degree and when i was finishing the master's degree i saw an advertisement for a job as a lecturer in irish in saint patrick's college in condo where i had been <laughs> five years beforehand <laughs> and i well, went sorry. in and i applied for it and i got it and i was in there for thirty two years which yes. was a great place because I was teaching teachers yes. how to teach uh, in, insofar as you can teach mm-hmm. teachers how to teach but I was teaching basically Irish literature and Irish stories and Irish poetry and uh, as well as that then there was an educational component when you um Go around and see the students in schools, and because I had been a primary school teacher myself, and uh, in fact, I, I, I shouldn't really say this, but seeing you're talking to me, I actually got first place in teaching in the college when I was leaving. I got a gold medal, so I was kind hey. of good at this. when, I, yeah. when I get going. in there, get in there, get in there. In there. <laughs> so I had to, I had to say that much. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so they wanted me to do this kind of stuff, and I again, that was another time where, in the summer, in June and September, we were sent out into the wilds of of Ireland, and so I. Began began to learn about schools around the country and, you know, it was very enjoyable. One of the places I got and I was going to it for 20 years was Donegal. So I kind of was mm. in every primary school in Donegal. Yeah. And you saw teaching from another point of view. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and that was fascinating as well. So I was also interested in education. And one of the things that strikes me is and I, I a daughter of mine, who is a teacher herself, primary school you have another daughter who is involved in teacher education as well. So this kind of thing happens, runs in families. <laughs> yeah, but in, in schools nowadays, there's all kind of new gadgets yeah. and there's um, interactive them. whiteboards and so mm-hmm. on. And yet, from my own experience of being in schools and teaching in universities abroad as well, I think teaching is the same no matter no, yeah. what you do. And it is about... Yeah what you're about, it's about talking. It's about being able Mm -hmm. to tell stories, being able to command attention. And I used to see if, um, seeing students in front of a class, you would know within a minute, two minutes, whether they would be a good teacher or not. Could they talk to the kids? It was very simple. Could you talk and could you communicate? And a great way actually was to get them to tell a story. Mm. And there was a big difference between telling a story and I'm reading a story, and Mm -hmm. I'd always say to them, don't read the story, tell it to them. Because if they read a story, at least not all of them, but some of them would sort of, they'd be talking away like this in a normal thing, and then they would say, once upon a time, there was a little Mm -hmm. girl called Sally, and she had, and this kind of boring voice would come on. The automatic The automatic, automatic, yeah. Yeah. Get the book, chuck it out there, and (laughs) tell them the story along the way. And you could see it, and, and you could do... All kinds of teaching I thought came down to a kind of storytelling. If you were doing history, you should tell them a story. And the kids kids would
0: love it. I remember that from, yeah, Yeah. I remember having a very good history teacher who Mm. just did exactly that. She barely looked at the book and told book, yeah. us the stories of the oh, yeah. different people in history and yeah. I you and it's know, fascinating it's yeah. fascinating oh, it's yeah. and, and the worst
2: form of teaching was the teacher who would take out the book and say we are now on page 56 Yeah, Le- yeah, yeah read yeah. the next few lines we're going to read it and down. underline Just, it oh, man, for the next 45 it, minutes it, 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 was, it was terrible but, but you know as I said I, I remember even maths lessons and I remember when I was a student teacher teaching a maths lesson and I well I was teaching several but I used to kind of make up stories about you know there were there were 18 guys in this jail and uh, you know <laughs> five of them escaped two of them were caught in a Nigerian the, jail the kids were yeah this was a yeah, this was yeah. a yeah, prophecy prophecy <laughs> along the way along. but but kids would love that so it, yes. it's a very basic way of talking about anything is it's telling stories yeah. so that's that's how it is so yeah. that's how I ended up for, for 32 years in, in, in St. Pat's and then I got an offer of a professorship in UCC in Cork oh, so off we went to Cork well, back home and well. what
0: brought you into mythology and, and folklore
2: well You see, if you're dealing with um, Irish as an academic subject, Mm. everything is included in that. Mm -hmm. Mm. If you do a primary degree in Irish, okay, you do the language, you do linguistics, you do sociolinguistics, you do dialects, you do folklore, you Mm -hmm. do stories, you do poetry, you do literature, you do the whole lot. So no one person is an expert at them all. So there are bits of it that you that you, you just don't like I mean I've been interested yeah. in a lot of things but I wasn't interested in grammar I mean you have to your grammar has to be good you, you uh, but it, I, I was like, you yeah, yeah, know like you no, no, know like grammar order. But, but, <laughs> but, but people stuff. do you know, <laughs> so I, know, know. People, love it. I know people who are excited <laughs> about grammar I know people who could <laughs> learn languages by picking up a grammar book now this is totally strange to me yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I was never that interested I wouldn't be interested in sociolinguistics or much of that kind of stuff but I was interested in literature so in that sense you know, you, you'd um, and I, I kind of started off. There was a great Irish storyteller, a novelist Martin O'Kane from Connemara, okay. and uh, he wrote *Craenachille*, which I translated as *The Dirty Dust*. Um, and it's all the people are dead, and they're all telling stories about oh, themselves, yeah. and they're they're bitching and giving out and arguing and complaining, and and it's it's a great and and it, the great thing is, is novels. And I did a PhD on the novel in Irish. So novels were what I, what I was doing. And the old stories that E.M. Forster, the English writer, said, um, oh dear, a novel must tell a story. And what he meant by oh dear, it does much more than that. It does, mm. you know, it, it it tells about character, it tells about mm-hmm. place, it tells about history. But the important thing is there has to be a story there. You've you got, you you there got, to, you got well. to have a plot in there as well. you yeah, got to have a plot in there as well. And yes. the plot will carry all the rest of it along the way. Yes. And I have a... Of a a daughter, um, Mm -hmm. who's in London, and she writes. She she's written plays and she's written comedy, and uh, she wrote some plays when she was a student, and they didn't have many stories. And I remember kind of taking to (laughs) one side and said, Brona you must have a story. If you have a story, you can tell all the jokes in the world. So, right. so and I, I I, think that's true. I'm not saying yeah. she took my advice because daughters don't take uh, father's advice all the time. But on, on the other hand,
1: she's, yeah. she's a great kid. <laughs> I mean, so by, by the sounds of it, like you've always been surrounded by the oral, whatever you want to call it, a tradition, with the way of telling stories by from being in college with people spending time in Cork, exchanging stories, finding out about people in different parts of the country to literally pizza people in different parts of Nigeria and finding out through the exchange of story, exchanging information, exchanging language, exchanging like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's history or a cultural significant. I think like, you know, there's there's a broad experience of story and then your study within that. And like it's kind of another appreciation of how story can be used for not only education, but inspiration and the Mm -hmm. the good things in in between and re-educating yourself in that. And I suppose the the question, or let me rephrase her question, <laughs> what was it about folklore mythology yeah. that hooked you in terms of the Irish context and, and wanting to go back to it and ultimately leading you to writing it down? There
2: were uh, various bits. I mean, I remember the thing about folklore was I remember being interested in, in some of the tellers of tales themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a teller of tale, Seán O'Connell, from out in um, the Caharsávín Peninsula in Kerry. Oh, wow, and yeah. they collected a book of stories, Seán O'Connell's book in English, Lour Háiní Connell, which mounts 400 pages. Um, and this guy... He had never left his native area. He'd never been in school. He spoke no English. And he had a head full of stories and i thought this was amazing and there were others there was another tale of a guy up in uh, county clare when irish was kind of getting lost or falling into into disuse Mm. and uh, a folk tale collector came along and he was looking more for irish than for stories and they said well there's a guy up there in the burden you know and he's um and he he's a good irish speaker he went up to this guy and again he had hundreds and hundreds of stories and I read of these storytellers in Connemara who took a week to tell a story some of those were written down and the Irish Folklore Commission uh, which was set up in the 1920s they were collecting this stuff all over the place yeah. now yeah. a lot of it doesn't make great reading when you actually it pick it up it doesn't it make doesn't, great reading yeah. because yeah. it is a performative thing Yeah,
1: yeah. and
2: yeah. I know from um Scottish storytellers story and there's a great tradition of storytelling in Scotland Absolutely, as well yeah. and um I speak Scottish Gaelic as well as Irish, one of those weird things we love. (laughs) And I remember listening to recordings from the School of Scottish Studies and They were, in some reason, because maybe the tradition was stronger when they began recording it, they were a lot more performative. They would act different parts. So somebody would, which they didn't always do here. They would, would, you know, a storyteller could often be kind of not so much monotonous. Some of them were better than others. Mm. But I heard these guys and they would, the voice would raise up and they'd shout and you'd hear them almost bang against the furniture. And they were actors along the way. So it was a form of, it it was all, because there was never a big theatre tradition in Irish in Ireland because we didn't have the theatres mm-hmm. you wouldn't allow you were not to have them there wasn't an audience you oh, couldn't build up a stage no but seems, we, we yeah. were able to tell stories so yeah. the storyteller did all the parts himself mm-hmm. uh, or, yeah. or herself but himself or herself and I mean when people say um, if you mention the people of a certain age you mentioned the dreaded word Peg Sayers you know people <laughs> say who hated this book when they were in school again it's written and, down of course they hated it but, but Peg down? Sayers was a great storyteller of course she this was she was a brilliant storyteller and I mean yeah. And to keep getting more of her stories recorded and and being put out. And even if you didn't have very good Irish, you would understand every word she said. Every word was cut out like a diamond. You went... And I thought that was fascinating as well. So there were bits like that. And I remember reading about, again, he was a Scottish academic and he did work on storytellers in former Yugoslavia probably Serbia, one of those mm. places. And remember, do you know the way you read a book and you forget most of it? And this was a book yes. that I was studying for an exam and I, I kind of forget most of it. But I do remember him speaking about the storyteller and him, he said to somebody, if you give me um, four words, I will be able to make up a story about it. Yes. And I thought, that's an amazing thing. And there are people who can do that. You yeah, Aaron say, does that. Here are four words. Off you go. And he, and he
0: did. Aaron does that with children. Did, yeah, it's it's a, yeah. a forgetful storyteller story yeah. where he well, says yeah, once upon a, what was it again? Yes, and gets and them, and them and to give them you them the props and But that's that, that kind of,
2: so the storytelling was interesting in a way that was both creative on yes. the one hand and at the same time there was memory. Yes, and none, right? No two stories were the same, and they
0: no. never told the, you same never same tell way twice. It the same. And you never tell so it the
1: same way twice. I've actually come across a word, and I can't remember what it was, but that Shanachie is the is the keeper of stories and folk beliefs and names. Yes, now I'm not sure if this is this correct, but is a Skelti or Skeltor? Skeltor more 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 along the lines of uh, telling the stories or telling. Like a yeah. storyteller, literally, without yeah. the connotation of remembering the names and the places yeah. and the people. I,
2: I think Seánachí would be used as a generic term. Okay. It would cover the whole lot. Right, OK. And uh, originally it came more or less a local historian. Okay. So the Seánachí yeah. would remember all the things that went on in the area. And yeah. and then a different. He, maybe he or she would remember would be good at place names. They would be good on, there might be a story about a place name. Uh, Another person with local lore. So nobody really, you'd never have a a whole lot in one person or it was rare to have the whole lot in one person. Mm -hmm. But then the Scali or the it, both words are there, um, would be to somebody who kind of specialised in tales themselves. So somebody like Peg Sayers that's, Stories. Tales was what she yeah. did. And yeah. Sean O'Connell did stories. But other people did local lore, which was, strictly speaking, Shanachus with local lore, was, which would yeah. take in small little tales, stories about poets, stories about ghosts, stories about, you know, it's, they would yeah, be there as yeah. well. And the people so they, in their own areas. Yeah, I remember areas
0: our late uncle, Eddie, uh, the, last, yeah. the last Christmas that he was alive, yeah. or, he was the eldest was, of, their, of well. their family, but he had a all of the stories of that farm in Carignano the names of the fields oh, yes. because every field had a name and every like bridge had a name and I remember just getting him. Uh, our dad got him talking about all of those Yeah, And not only that, stories.
2: sometimes every rock had a name. Yeah. Mm. You yeah, had rocks in place. And in fact, I had a student in uh, UCC um, who as a minor thesis for her master's degree did exactly that. She said her uncle had a farm somewhere in East Cork and he knew the names of the fields and he knew the names <sighs> of bushes and so on. And she was going to collect them. And I said, that's great. we
0: we'll put that's that together. That's a great
2: project. So, so great project. Do, do you know the old story? about uh, it's about Socrates uh, this is a terrible name dropping Socrates who um, couldn't read or write and, mm-hmm. and somebody said to him look there's this great new device um, called reading and writing literacy uh, and it, it helps you uh, to remember and he said no no it does the opposite it helps you to forget
0: Do you know that's a really that interesting that's a fantastic, that's a fantastic history, thing because yeah. I think there is like there is a way and I think it's very it's it's tangible for me in my lifetime that you outsource memory yeah. to technology. She's talking about this. Last and night like actually, writing yeah. things down. I think Socrates is dead on. It helps you forget because you yeah. write it down. And you think, well, I don't have to think about that exactly. anymore. Yeah. But it's even if you think about those of us who remember being around before phones, uh, before mobile phones, you used to have to remember phone numbers.
2: I I, I was there before phones. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> primary school absolutely. or when we got a phone, you know, yeah, we didn't yeah, have yeah. it. But, but that, that is true. I think um, when when you know you can look things up. And I used to say to students and, uh, and you know, I, I did a course on folklore where I got them I didn't allow them to write anything down in no. couple yes. of lectures. So you I'd were get them me that. I'd say no come way. in come in, sit down, oh, you clear the day, listen, books and all that, <laughs> sit there and listen. And I would have no notes, I would just talk as well. Yeah. And I was trying to tell them that in the time before reading and writing, not only was there not reading and writing, people didn't know it was there. No. Because it was not there at all. So the concept of it wasn't there. So how do you know anything? You asked somebody. Yeah. yeah. So then how so a guy like Sean O'Connell, the guy from Kerry, how would you remember 400 pages of stories? That's phenomenal. Yeah. I often say to people, how many jokes do you remember? Yeah. How many jokes should any one of us tell? Unless you have a knack of remembering them. Yeah. I knew a fellow who in the olden days when there were bus tickets, remember bus tickets? He'd a roll a <laughs> bus and he'd write down, he'd take out his, and he'd be able to tell the jokes, you know? But that was, but, and there are ways of, of um, if I'm to remember a song, or we'll say you're in the session of singing, which happens very rarely, but it might happen it does happen. The way. <laughs> it does happen. And I might say, right, I know a song. There's one from Cork, there's one from Clare, yeah. one from Galway, one from Armagh, one from Dublin. So nice. I kind of have the map of the songs of my head, and then oh, I would remember. I'd goodness. know which one yeah, to say. Yeah, so yeah. I'd remember the the story. I think you can do the same with jokes. You know, could say yeah. a joke about Absolutely. which you can't
0: tell,
1: but you ah, could do it a lot time.
0: you've some jokes. Some jokes that you say for for, uh, for, we for were, a different audiences. We audience. were just
1: going through no. a litany of, of jokes down down in Cork. My my dad and uh, his <laughs> dear friend, uh, a bishop who died tragically recently, <laughs> we used to call him on Christmas Day and tell him. A joke that he would have to tell to Tony because otherwise he'd end up telling it in the pulpit. And he yeah, wouldn't yeah. trust himself. He'd, he'd, he'd tell
0: her dad all the risqué jokes that were that were a bit too um, yeah too yeah, spicy yeah, for yeah, for yeah, mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's agree. Yeah, that's
2: agree. But but I mean, jokes are 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 stories too. Oh yeah, they are. and they're just stories that tell us something
1: yes. along the way. And uh, stories always tell us something. They're, they're, that's why that's the, why the, I remember. The best they, yeah? jokes are yeah. a little bit of a chapter. You get a little bit of a story about. That, it. You do. You know. That's right whatever it is yeah, he's yeah, driving do. down the road and there's lots yeah. of cars going the wrong way well yeah yeah
0: yeah but, and you also get yeah I mean this was the other thing that keep we, going That's that sounds a good story. Story, right. story so
1: your man gets back and the, the wife is like oh Johnny you're back god they've just moved to America oh my goodness Scott, so could good you're back there was a lunatic on the road and uh, who's was driving We've the wrong way that? one of them there was hundreds of them <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was a very yeah. summarized yeah. version yeah. of that oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what well, they do they, they, they yeah it's it's how, it's how we know things. And I mean, the other thing that amazes me is, with, with small kids is that um, you can tell them stories. Uh, in fact, our, our youngest fellow, Fergal, we would tell him stories and tell him things before he could speak. And he would remember them when he eventually began to speak. Wow. So a kid will, will pick up a story and a kid will know that the story is not true in the sense that they, they can tell the difference, at least I think they can, between reality... And fantasy. Yeah. And if you make up a story about your Donald Duck or a cartoon, they know this isn't real. And people yeah. kind of get upset because there's too much violence in the Roadrunner or in, you know, they get squashed, yeah. you know, this kind of need Sorry, that, kids know they that know. this is not true. You know, and they know when you tell them a story about giants, they know there's not giants there. You know, yeah. when
1: you go over a the bridge, there aren't there aren't three trawls under the bridge, you know. At least mm. you hope there's not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's that little kind of, you know, mysticism mysticism and belief in the magic and yeah. that is literally yeah. a certain level of brain development where there is a magic kind of realism or, or, or kind of some form of, you know, you, you go through Piaget's levels of development or whatever you want. Yeah. They, they have belief in their own and then they kind of uh, externalise well, it. it does, and it, it happened to me when, when I was in
2: primary school. Uh, we had a teacher in first class um, who told a story every Friday afternoon nice. and he spent maybe an hour telling a story and he um, I remember I mean, he was, Sinbad the Sailor was one of them you know he'd, t- he'd tell you yeah. Robinson and Crusoe and obviously his own version and he was very good at it and he mm-hmm. sat down I have a funny feeling he even smoked a pipe You <laughs> might have been allowed to do that uh, at, at very times. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do remember he did tell us the story of Sheena which is basically an Irish version of the Faust story about the guy who sells a soul to the devil. And there's an Irish version of it, which a a famous Irish writer from Cork put together a famous first novel. And um, he told a story and I was scared because I thought the far dove, the black man, which you couldn't say, but that was what it was, uh, that he was around various corners and I wasn't sleeping at night. And my good old mother, who God knows, never complained in her life, she came up to the school and uh, said to the teacher, he's not sleeping because he's afraid. of." So the story obviously affected me so much. Yeah. I mean, mm. I knew it was a story, but at the same time, this guy could be lurking around the place. So that was, anyway, that's yeah. what I mean. There is, all, oh yeah, there, there there, is there always is a line that, there of, is that, of that of that. It's a fascinating, there's a, there's it's a a a fascinating link, you know. But yeah, that, that, that's how it goes. But it, it's, it's endless. And um, as I said be, before, before we had novels, we just people told stories. And yeah. then there were the other big ones about if you take the, the, the great um, classical poems like the Odyssey or the Iliad, and there's a big discussion. Oh, yeah. um, did Homer ever exist?
0: Yeah.
2: You know? and, uh, or was it or was it cumulative? And yeah, I think yeah. the I mean, Tyne yeah. is something the same. I mean, the way I look at the Tyne, or indeed of any story, is somebody somewhere made it up.
1: Yes. And that's the thing to remember with all mythology, and like I think it's yes. it's it's beautiful yeah. to admit it a little bit, like you know, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna go okay. No, well, no, there's there's you
0: know. a there was an original author who made it up, who pulled it that's together. It. There was, yeah. And it's I so. think that that's you know, for all fairy tales and folk tales, somebody yeah. made it up. The ones that the 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 thing about it is that it is then iterated on and added to added, and yeah. taken from. And bits are added and bits are left out in different retellings. Mm -hmm. And so it evolves from that original point. And we kind of don't, you know, there's we don't know. Like we often talk about, like, is this the real version of it? You just sometimes get the question of like, is this the absolute authoritative version? And it's like, well, no, because whoever made up that original version is long in the ground. And whatever, like whatever version we are telling now bears some resemblance, hopefully, to the story that they first came yeah. up with. <clears throat>
1: yeah, and depending on which version or which translation you're looking at, yeah. even like I was chatting to the guys up in La Crew last night about the Boyne, and the, the original, the Boyne River was mentioned, like the version, there's one version where uh, she's tenacious and, and uh, Bowen goes out against Nottingham's wishes, and there's a beautiful description of the of the cup bearers, which always cracks me up as the, the guardians yeah. of the well. Within the, the, the other this version being the
0: story Of the well of knowledge That overflowed Because she looked into it And chased her down And, and drowned her
1: Yeah But the, the, the next version is uh, She's proud And she wants to walk around Three times uh, Yeah she's defiant She's defiant Yeah sorry Um, and, and as a result Her kind of femininity Is punished By standing up yeah, against Yeah 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 But again uh, that's a, that's so, a Like it's a, it's a twist But it's similar I think similar. that's
0: a That's a way of Like that's one of the Interesting things about Telling yeah. and retelling Yeah is that you can take it you can take the same sequence of events yeah. a woman looks into a magic well and the well creates a river that that drowns her and you can tell it from a point of view where she is brave and curious yeah. and transforms herself into a river and runs a circle of protection around the house where her son will live yeah. mm-hmm. and you can tell a version of it where she is women need to stay in their place and if yeah. they step out of line bad things happen to them and so yeah. you can you can slant these stories in different ways and that's what i think is so interesting about you know storytelling as a sort of a creative practice because you also have that thing of you can choose the story that Mm. you think is appropriate for the time Mm. and you can choose the story for the audience and i think that's one of the things that the old storytellers would have done as a kind of a function of the community of like okay this community is getting a little bit there's some there's some stuff yeah. happening in this community. We're going to tell this story to remind everybody of these values right. that we've had.
2: Ideally yeah. if, if you, you know? take you say the, the the brothers Grimm
0: who mm. collected
2: all their stories and a lot of those stories like little red riding hood and the three little pigs and those ones um they were a lot more gruesome than the versions oh, yeah. that we have. And I mean the some people say that it was um because they were always set in the wood, like Hansel and Gretel set in the wood. And it, the, the idea was that you were to scare kids from going into the wood because you yep. get lost. There were wolves in there. There were really wolves in there. There, there were genuine there, there could be anybody. There could be all kinds of people, um, you know, with with, yeah. with kind of fires and ovens and all kinds of stuff along, mm-hmm. as in Hansel and Gretel. And a lot of those, like in Red Riding Hood, she gets eaten up by the wolf in the original story. Yep. And that's it. There's no woodcutter to come <laughs> along, you know. No, Hansel no, no. and Gretel get burnt. That's, that's the end of that. That's it. <laughs> but they started tacking bits on yeah. to kind of... Because this these were too savage for yes. nice little kids in big cities to read. Yes. But for the kids in the countryside, that's what they were meant to be. So, yeah, they shaped them. But what's interesting is... Um, apart from everything's interesting, <laughs> yeah. is is when you mentioned the toy or, or, or the earlier story, is what was the initial impulse? And I was trying to work out with whoever composed or made up the toying, did he start with Maeve? Did, yeah. he, did the idea of Maeve come to him? And um, was there such a person? Yeah. Um, or was there just somebody else of that name or of a similar name? Was it about two bulls? Because... Mm-hmm. There were bulls fighting. There was bull baiting in Ireland up to the 18th century. Mm-hmm. I mean, it survives in Spain, Mexico, and other places along the way. So that was, uh, it, and it was bear baiting, but that was more in, in places where there were bears. So, um, but was it that? Was it bulls? Was it mave? Was it a war between Connacht and Ulster? Mm-hmm. Or South to be more what was it but somebody put it together and and it started somewhere in somebody's head and there may have been different stories about Cuchulain, mm-hmm. because like Cuchulain is one of the heroes like the heroes of Troy or the heroes of Greece or the heroes of India he's just he's just one of those he's yeah. our version of them Sean McCool is another one of them mm-hmm. so you know anybody can go on making up stories about them and those stories were being Composed and invented right up to until Irish kind of went into decline in the nineteenth century. You people w- getting newer versions of them, yeah. and uh, so that was that wasn't. So it wasn't. I suppose the tradition wasn't creative much after the nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. Some some people like Eddie Lenhan and those are adding to these stories along the way, but, I, okay, but very I, few people yeah. are. You
1: know? Yeah, I, 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 in terms of the Shanachie Giltori, you know yeah. like that kind of like line I would, I would kind of. St- almost class Eddie in that, like, you know, as as close to an authentic kind of Shanachie as you can find because he's really doing, has made a massive attempt of, like, recording and, and rewrite and keeping as many stories and beliefs and th- and... and people's aliveness you know, with names and locations as you can, which is kind of mm. slightly separate to looking back at the older myths, I think. But again, you know, they're all, they're all linked in this imaginative process that we so desire in our human condition to be swept away in something that is, you know, other than what's going on in front of us. And we need stories to to learn from, but we need stories to excite us. We need stories to, to, to mentally chew on. Mm. And, Whether they were being created up until from the nineteenth century or not, and then then retranslated and uh, added on to and. Like they're they're just is, but they're the greatest stories that have lasted yeah. the longest yes. time. But but I if,
0: think the stories that that speak to us are the stories that we want to keep speaking. So there yeah. is that kind of thing of like it is it is a culture in conversation with itself yeah. and with its own past and in negotiation yeah. with those values and in renegotiation with it. But they're and also I,
2: recycled. They it. are recycled.
0: recycled, you know, and they're they
2: recycle. We say in, in films, um, yeah. where. Which say you have Superman or, or Batman the troll, or these, okay. like they're they're the same. They're the Kuhollins. They're the few. They're Coo the Kuhollins, and I think that's a
0: going. I think that's a really interesting thing about kind of modern culture is retelling the hero stories over and over again, mm-hmm. and not telling king stories, not telling goddess stories. Not telling Queen stories. So you have this weird thing where we are kind of stuck. And so many of the superhero stories, Mm -hmm. they keep coming back to the origin stories. They keep coming back to the coming of age. They keep coming back to the young warrior. And the young warrior is an immature archetype. It is not like Cú is not a grown up. He never grows up fully. You know, there's that kind of thing of like that sort of his tragedy is that he never really matures. He dies before he's able to, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is kind of, you know, that's that's sort of the thing for the warrior. The warrior has to die either by growing up or by going out in a blaze of glory. And so it's a really it's a very unbalanced thing for a culture to put all of its stories into the warrior archetype.
1: Because you're again, you're looking at try and
0: try and build a culture based on that.
1: Because you're overcoming the obstacle through you know we usually pig-headedness and violence yeah um, uh, and violence governance. and domination yeah uh, whereas like the
0: that's tr- the warrior way
1: yeah the trickery or the cunning or the guile I it's mean, a bit no it's, it's, it's trickery and cunning
0: and guile in, in the warrior yeah. as well but it is it is always about the warrior is about asserting your will on the world mm-hmm. yeah. and damn the consequences Yeah. whereas there are other stories like I think yeah. the king stories are more about reconciliation and balance and yeah. rebalancing and the dangers of not doing that. Like you yeah. think the Connor Moore story where he breaks yeah. his gasa and yeah. the, the weight yeah. of the other world lands on his and, head, you know? Yeah,
2: it's a sense then in, in Antoine that you have both of those together. You have a king and queen story, and you you have a hero story. You have, you know, I think so. Both of them kind of come together. And that might be an attraction of it.
0: I think but,
2: so. But on, on just on, on the hero element, and you're perfectly right, but the the other Irish hero is Phil McCool. Mm. And Phil McCool does grow old. He does. And, and he dies, and he becomes a kind of a dirty old man in, in his own yeah. way as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's yeah. a different kind of a thing. But then the Fiona, such as they were, were seen as those warrior groups that when young men, you you know reach a certain age of 15 16 17 they kind of they burst out into were they lived outside the community yeah. for a wild couple of years you know it's like yeah. like certain cultures where they, they set them aside they had it in germany it's like go away and sow your wild oats be mad for a couple of years and yeah. then come back in and they'll come back in to defend the community so those kind of archetypes were there were there as well but as yes. You saying, yes it is the same one coming around and around and around but why the gods and the goddesses story are not told to the same extent. I mean, I I I know a lot, of, I read a lot of Greek mythology from time to time. I can't grasp them mm-hmm. the same way because they're not alive to me in yeah. some ways, and they're not around about, and they're just kind of they're kind of hero stories in a way. But like Cuchulainn or uh, himself had. He had two fathers. One was a a human father and yeah. the other was was a god. So there seems to be that the gods are there first. They kind of become partly human mm-hmm. and then they turn into heroes. And then then you come down to the novel where they're ordinary people and mm-hmm. they do ordinary mm-hmm. things. So there's a funny kind of um, an evolution there. There evolution. is an evolution uh, uh, or obviously. degeneration. Maybe, maybe yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
1: or a recreation in yeah, your own mind. Yeah. Is your own, and that's why it feels, I think, more alive. In, no. in, and so I, I feel the same way in terms of Irish mythology. Because it's so prescriptive and and done and uh, correct. In, when you're reading Greek myths, they're brilliant. I love them. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah. At the same time, there's like there, you know exactly the lineage. You can go back and find out who's. There's era. a very clear family um, tree. <laughs> yeah, all yeah, of exactly. the gods are related to each other. They're you know, all siblings. They're all siblings, I and mean, they're all you know. <laughs> yeah. But like I, you know, you can track exactly who, what kings who. and who's, uh, and the descendants <laughs> Well, were again, off, it's, it's, a,
0: it's a culture that you know we've been kind of talking around this. That's a culture that developed writing ver- fairly early. Yeah. And so they were able to write down their gods and the yeah. lineage of their gods while yeah. it was still a very living belief yes, system. True. Whereas the first writing system that came to Ireland was brought over by Christian monks yep. Yep. and missionaries. So our first written record is by people who were coming from a different belief system. Yep. So there is a, you know, I mean, and I know this is a debate in academia and it feels to me like <laughs> one of those absolutely unanswerable questions yeah. of like, how much of our myths were made up by monks?
2: Uh, great, <laughs> yes, that, that is one of those you questions. In, in fact, there, there are some um, stories about the Druids, and we don't mm. know that much about them. There's a lot of rubbish spoken about the Druids, but um, that they actually opposed writing that the important thing was to remember the laws, remember the stories, remember the genealogies, remember, it. memory was the important thing. And yes, when the monks came along, they began to write it down. So the gods were already gone by the time they began to write them down. And obviously, because Christianity took root so quickly in one way, but there's some evidence that there were places not Christianized until the tenth or eleventh century in Ireland. You no, know, the people say that. So, so the 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 old gods lived on in a shadowy form. Lived but yeah. so it's very hard, as you were saying, to reconstruct what the Irish um, gods and goddesses were like. Yeah, and you, it. Uh, I've tried a few times, not very really seriously, kind of write on and, and make a diagram of them, and you can't because they're, they're all and and it's some of them. Some of them are the same person twice and then yes. others are. And, and there's a whole and they're all kind of they're sort they're, they're very messy. And uh, you know who they are and what they're doing and what they necessarily stand for. Which so, all is
1: this now again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but we do know we
2: do know that that, that they were there. That's the that's yes. I think that's the point of them. So, you know, and on the god of the sea, what was he doing? You know, he just well, ends well, up I, in the Isle of Man, just in the name of that's it. I love, that's yeah.
1: even a great example of, uh, you know, a god who seems to be pre-star, earlier you know, pre-star, it doesn't make sense in this context. Primordial. Pre- primordial, but, like, uh, existed before maybe even the that island and the Fear that yeah. whole story. Was he there already? Or, you know, a version of something that I read recently, of that he was, he, he was part of the Two and died and then came back as the, you know, as yeah. this god, god of the uh, of the sea. Yeah. And, like, where was it? Was it a chicken? Was it an egg? Was it before? Was it after? Was it somewhere in between? When do you know? Who decided that exactly on when do we oh, when no. do we need you know when do we need a Poseidon. Actually lads I heard about Poseidon. We have one here too. Actually his name is Man. you know like yeah. you know yeah. or tying that link together and knowing that we need a, a, yeah. a, a well, there might even it, yeah. be an earlier when you were talking the 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 the
2: or the, the, the river um was the rivers were gods. Or they yeah. were, uh, as as is the case in Hindu mythology at the point when the, the Ganges grew oh, out of the, the out of Shiva's head. It was, mm. uh, not, not quite that. It started and flowed along the way. There and there may thing. have been an earlier religion, and, and there's some evidence for this, where we talk about Christianity as being a sky religion. Other words, God is up God there. God is up there. We're all up there. And the uh, uh, older Irish religion was a nurse religion. The gods were in the ground. So combined. there were mountains, and there were lakes, yeah, and there yeah, were rivers, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and then talk about Shiva, like Shiva's arm, Shiva's legs. that's all the mountains the yeah. around. But, but
2: a lot of those stories r- remained, uh, and they kind of, um, uh, they kind of were changed into, into fairies. And I don't like using the word fairies, but worth mm-hmm. the she is a better word for it, because yes. when you say fairy, it conjures up these little little Disney Tinkerbell things. Yeah, things. Tinkerbell, yeah, I have this where, conversation. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 she in the Irish tradition, they were like us. You know, yes. you're just exam- And there, there are some great stories. There's a, there's a great Donegal story about, um, which I used to use to demonstrate something else, about uh, a young girl who's out tending her cows one day, as she would, and a big frog hops along. And she throws a comment saying, My God, you're a big frog. I hope, I hope, I, I'd love to be there when your children are born. Now, stupid comment you might say so that's fine she goes back home to her cottage that night and uh, lo and behold a man arrives on a white horse they always arrive in a white horse <laughs> and the man knocks on the door and says and she's an only child a young girl and he says to uh, the mother and father hey I'd like to borrow your daughter for the night which of course is a rather strange question <laughs> at, the, at the best of times good, uh, but, said, but on I'll on. bring her back safe and sound in the morning so being simple folk they get up on the back of the horse and off she, off she goes and the Gallop away through the night and they arrive at a mountain and the mountain opens and in she goes and there's it's full of people in there and there's a woman in the bed giving birth and when she gives birth to the child they take the child out and they burn the child in a fire and all of the people there they come along and they put their fingers into the ash and they rub the ash on their eyes. And off they go. And the young girl does the same. And she puts but she only man, to put one finger in and rub it in eye. Yeah. And the man stops her, puts her back on the horse, and off she goes. And um, she goes back ho- home. And then a few weeks later, there's a, a fair nearby. And she's at the fair. And uh, while the fair, as the story says, she saw many people at the fair that other people didn't see. Yeah. And then she met the man who brought her on the horse. And she said, hello, how are you? And he's shocked and he says how do you see me? And he said, I see you with this eye. pointing pointed to the eye and he put in his finger oh, and he plucked goat. out her eye yeah. said, you see me no more. Yeah. And the point of the story is that the, the, the fairy folk, the she, are all around us. Yes. But they're in a different dimension. Yes. And that dimension was the, was kind of the Irish other world was next to us. It was here or to mm-hmm. sometimes underground or in the rivers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in the sky. So that that's a folk tale that was collected I think in the 20th century mm. uh, in Donegal. Yeah, so um that's there all the time I, I've heard that
0: I've heard bits of I've heard elements of elements that, the, of that, yeah. The, yeah. the ointment on the eye yeah. and the and the slightly uh, different beginning punishment.
1: It, the, with the whole but, yeah, but again this
0: this happens in folktale a lot that you get similar yeah. motifs in in different yeah. stories and, and like yeah. arranged yeah. differently yeah but yeah. I think that's a really Brilliant like, description of it though, yeah that's a great point of, of you know that idea of In the Celtic mind, you know, the other world, the mystic, the mystical, the magical, the transcendent, it's not above us, it's imminent, it's around us. It's surrounding us. We are passing through it without knowing this room is not just the three of us. There is a crowd of people here. And we can't proceed. I'm getting it like scared now. What do you see? <laughs> I know. I mean, but this—that's what I always <laughs> say to kids. I'm
1: like, "It might be one of you. Are you one? I think you're one. you all want you could be. Like you one got to look oh one about you. <laughs>
0: but it's that idea of like, it's not, it's not apart from us, yeah. gotcha. you know. And I think that's a really and like a lot of that nice. stuff. Guys, I, I have to tell you, like this the morning, the silver branch and bran and the the oh, yeah. you know oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. seeing things differently
1: up in me this morning. Oh yeah, you were late. I was, I was late. I was late. <laughs> but I was up near. I stayed in crew with friends and. We went out to see um, a field that is uh, hopefully going to be purchased by Gaelic Woodland Project, and they just showed me this—a field of ancient hazel tre- or uh, hawthorn trees. And there's just something about that tree. It's so I was just showing pictures of it, like it's so gnarled and twisted and twined, It's very hard to tell what age it is. Yeah. But it's 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 beautiful. And it's rare, and I've never seen it. Other than, like, in in you'd see uh, Hawthorne up and around Tara, and you'd see them in some of the sacred sites, like La- her as well, and, like, you'd just see them kind of kept in places, and like, oh, yes. and, like, yeah, that's like... But this was just a field. There was a, a ring fort down the road around the corner, but, like, you know, 500, 600 metres away, easily, more. And then you put this field of random trees, and I swear, like, when you're next to those trees, it's just, you you do feel, like... You're in another dimension because like you're sitting there, and suddenly I was sitting on a rock, and they all had rocks underneath them. All of these ancient hawthorn trees had rocks that were perfect for sitting down, and the hawthorn tree comes down and there's light lights bitten a passing of rain as we were like, this is a perfect umbrella, and there's this is these perfect rocks have been spot here to shelter and and just tell stories and talk like it's it's an <clears> ideal throat> place throat> for imagining. For conjuring, for coming up yeah. a poetry, song, story, it, it's that, it's that harbouring of, of imagination of, like, and you're in the ground, you're, your feet are in the earth and the, the trees and the bark of the wood. Well, you kind of feel like you.
0: you're being brought down. By the tree because yeah. it is pulling you down. Yeah. It is keeping yeah. the sky away from you. Yeah, and some of those trees were
2: sacred as far as I'm know. Oh, yeah. And in, in fact, in the early uh, Oam alphabet, Ogham alphabet, and the other, and and letters later on, they were given the names of trees. Mm-hmm. So I've that's heard what that. Yeah. Names of trees. Yeah, so they. Yeah, yeah. So trees were seen as being important because writing. Trees, when, it, yeah. when writing came in, it was seen as something special as well. You know, yes. there's no, there's no. I remember reading a story. there's a an Irish writer, two Irish, Eugene Waters, and he wrote a short story, a short novel, for children basically, about um, somebody who learns how to read and uh, he goes to a man who can read and the man is reading he says... The book is is it, is it is it magicy? And he says yes. Those letters are magicy. And I thought it was a great way of describing, you know, writing yeah. and, and reading as well, which, which is which is, which is, is not is, often done. You know? It's
0: not. A, but I mean, the the word for spelling and the word for magic spell are the are the yeah. same word at the root, That's because right. to be able to write something down, and encode it, and 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 mm. keep it, yeah. for later is is an incredible um, piece of magic. And when we're talking about it as as a new technology and a technology that was rejected by druids, which <laughs> is great, a great idea until there aren't any <laughs> druids left to remember the yeah, sacred yeah, knowledge, yeah. and then we, we just don't have it. And then suddenly, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, this is it. If you put it in people's heads, you're locking it away to an extent. But I think it's a really interesting thing because you know we're talking about the stories as as you know a culture having a conversation with itself over time, but. The, how, however much i love the oral tradition and telling stories and retelling stories aside from recording and we don't know how long recording will last we know that uh we don't know how long the servers are going to keep humming and how long the power plants are going to keep feeding them power but paper is is strangely uh indestructible in some ways as well like actually writing down a book and having it there that is a that becomes an artefact that then is mm. part of this great, long, slow conversation. And somebody can come back and read that in 150, 200 years. So what, where where did the inspiration or the impetus for writing it down come from to, to mm. you, Alan?
2: For writing the toy down or yeah. writing anything down? Well, I
0: mean... <laughs> well, writing
2: the toy down happened because... I was asked to do it okay. uh, by by uh, young Island um, uh, uh, books by Little island books I still call all young because there's there's a new, there, there's a New Ireland books okay. as well so <laughs> New Island books as well and saying, well, these are the younger people but, it, but it's it's um, it's little Island which was great publishers and um, I was involved in something else at the time I said ah look I'm not going to do this and then they kept at me mm-hmm. and I said okay I'll do it I kind of know the story because a bit like everybody we heard elements of the story in in um, when we were uh, in school, and we there were stories about Cuchulain, and all of this was sitting there. And uh, then, uh, as well as that, of course, I had studied the text, the old Irish text, um, when I was in college myself. And even though I, I can kind of read old Irish, I wouldn't be an expert at but I could read it, enough of it, so I knew that. And then there were more modern Irish versions of it. There were folk versions of it, and then there was the other versions, the the Thomas Kinsella one, the Kieran Carson one. Yeah. And then there was another one done some years ago by Little Island as well, Liam Gushton, which is why they asked me, they said that oh, is thirty thirty 30 years old and maybe you need another one now. So there is so the retelling of, of the mm, same yeah, thing. Yeah. So these were all in my head and uh, that's really where it came from. I may not have done it otherwise. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't necessarily, I mean, I've written a lot of stories in Irish myself and some of them are based on folk tales. In fact, that folktale that um, I was talking about, the one about the, yeah, the, the yes. squirty eye, I wrote a play about that. Yeah, yeah, which we uh, but we didn't choose a different actor every night for the eye, you know. <laughs> we, we, we just made, we pretended that we didn't club yeah, the yeah, eye. Didn't go you go know, through years, much. Yeah. So there's several stories that you, you can turn a lot of those stories into, into plays, you can turn them into, into, bit, yeah. into novels as well. So this was was more a labour of love in the sense that I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to like doing it, and I have to find out more and more about it. So what I did was I, I read and I reread the stories in the various languages and bits of them, and I kind of took notes. And the important thing for a book for younger people, I think, is that you get the spine of the story. Mm. You find out what were the major things that happened, because there's a lot of um, extraneous. Killings and people being massacred and blown apart and guts spilled all over the place and because they're only names, it's not that important who they are. So I, I guess what's important was, uh, you know, the row between Maeve and al which is a very human thing. The two of, them oh, yeah. lying, two of them lying in bed and one starts giving out about the other, you know.
1: I, 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 I want to stop you just yeah. briefly before no. we jump into right, okay. the Thorn, because I, you very subtly mentioned the Thorn a couple of times and we kept on searing <laughs> <No>, you, were, <laughs> which you And you were like, this is a good se- segue, but there's loads more. <laughs> and it's been a fantastic chat. And I just want to take a little break and give you an opportunity to have a drink, have a cup of tea, you know, if you're driving and you want to have a listen, you know, and keep on driving, well, you can do, but we're going to have a pause there okay. because this is a, a brilliant chat and I really want to get into the tawn in a, a little moment. So let's have yes. a little break.
0: Let's take a little break. And if you're listening to this um, uh, as it comes out, uh, we'll see you next week.